Uh, well, guys, just, just two quick things I want to share with you post-Easter uh, as, as we talk about our last resurrection story. And uh, the first one is this, guys, that everyone who trusts in Jesus as Lord will be resurrected. That's the first thing I want you to know. Everyone who trusts in Jesus as Lord will be resurrected. Everyone who trusts that Jesus is Lord will be resurrected. And so I'm going to take you back a little bit to Palm Sunday. Uh, Palm Sunday, we talked about the story of Lazarus. And you may remember that Jesus was on the other side of the Jordan River doing ministry when he heard news that his good friend Lazarus was sick. And the Bible says that he loved him very much, so he stayed two more days. Uh, and then he eventually makes the track back to Bethany. Well, when Jesus shows up in the town of Bethany, uh, Lazarus has been dead for four days, okay? He's immediately met by, by Lazarus' older sister, Martha, and, and Martha's like, Lord, if, where were you? Man, if you had been here, my brother would still be alive. And, and so Jesus tells her, like, like listen, uh, Martha, I just want you to know, your brother will rise again, right? It's this great exchange. Now, her response to Jesus, I think it's something take note of. Because Martha responds to Jesus, John eleven twenty four. 24, uh, she says, I know that he will rise again, Lord, in the resurrection at the last day, right? And, and, and that's kind of a huge statement because in Jesus' day, um, not everybody believed in the resurrection. In fact, there was a whole group of people, the Sadducees, that didn't believe in the resurrection. There's a whole church joke there, ask me after service. And, uh, and so the, the Sadducees uh, didn't believe in the resurrection, but I want you to know that Martha did. Martha had an understanding that at the last day, all of the faithful that had trusted in Christ would be risen from the dead. She believed that with all of her heart. It's kind of what Paul teaches us uh, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, right? This is what Paul writes. He says, uh, what I am saying, brothers and sisters, is this. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor can corruption inherit incorruption. Listen, I am telling you a mystery. We will not all fall asleep, but we will all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, notice that wording, at the last trumpet, uh, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we will be changed. For this corruptible body must be clothed with incorruptibility and this mortal body uh, be clothed with immortality. And so listen, this basic understanding of the New Testament church is that there will come a last day when all who have trusted in Jesus will be resurrected. Amen? All right. That's great, isn't it? That's good news. So the question then is, okay, pastor, yeah, that's awesome. This is, this is Martha's question. Okay, yeah, but what happens now, right? What, what happens if we die, like, right, right now, what would happen unto us? Because it's clearly not the, the last day yet. And so I, I'm just going to take a little detour and talk. We never talk about these things in church. Right? So I thought, like, let's be a great moment to kind of talk about what we believe happens um, when we die. And so uh, here's what we know, okay? Here's what we know. Romans 10, 13. We know that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We know that. We know that. We've accepted that as a truth, right? We, we also know John three sixteen that that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That's kind of like the basic Martha uh, understanding, right? We all know that at some point when we die, we will be with the Lord. Amen? Right? So we kind of have this, this understanding at some point we'll reign with Jesus. At some point it'll be, it'll be good. But we also know, according to Scripture, 2 Corinthians 5, 8, that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, right? 
And so, so we've got these, these truths, and they're not combating one another, they're, they're both completely true. Like everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved if we put our trust in Jesus, we'll have eternal life, um, and, and yet we also know like the resurrection is at the last day, but, but, but we get to be in, in the presence of the Lord immediately. And, and so what happens exactly when we die? And I, I just want to talk about that. Guys, when we die, our soul or our spirit immediately goes to one of two places. Immediately, okay? Uh, when we die, our, our soul, our spirit is immediately either in the presence of Jesus because we put our faith and trust in Him or in what we would consider the absence of the felt presence of God, um, which is we, we refer to as hell. Now, we typically refer to being in the presence of God, that's heaven, and, and the other is hell. And, and, so, uh, and that's, that's accurate biblically because heaven, God's there, hell, uh, can't feel the presence of God even though he reigns over it. Um, but the truth is that both of those, uh, both of those places, if that happened to you today, that both those places, that you would be in a, I hate to say temporary holding place, but that's basically it, a copy of what is to come. Uh, you guys remember in the Old Testament how the tabernacle was a copy of what was to come? That's what it talks about in the book of Hebrews, that, that even the temple is a copy of what's to come, that it's about the heavenly dwelling, it's, it's about being in the presence of God. So, so, this cop, so listen, it's, it's fully God, uh, God's fully there, fully glory, everything's great. You, you have a loved one that trusted in Christ, they are in, in what we would call heaven. However, we know the true uh, ultimate destination is the new heaven and new earth where we get to reign with Jesus, okay? And so that's what's coming. And, and so, so currently, uh, if we were to die today, all, all people, all people will go to these one of two places, right? Now, now, here's what happens. Ultimately, though, Jesus will return to the earth. And when Jesus comes back to the earth, the Bible says that all of the dead will be raised. All of the dead will be raised. And, and, and the... the the corruptible uh, will become incorruptible. All of our, our dead bodies will be glorified. They'll be turned into some kind of resurrection body, which I think is cool, because I believe it has a cloaking mechanism, which we talked about with the disciples on the road to Emmaus, where sometimes people can't really tell who you are. I think you can walk through walls at some point with this thing. Like, I am excited about the resurrection body. Okay, that's a little sci-fi maybe, but I'm, I'm digging it. So, I'm just, I'm just saying. So, at some point that happens, and then our spirit is reunited with the resurrection body and we will reign with Jesus forever which is great news for those that have believed in Christ amen okay unfortunately for those that have not it gets worse it gets worse than the felt absence of God because the Bible says that those people will then have to face a second death and they will be thrown into a lake of fire now that's scripture we don't we don't get to kind of make our way around it. We don't get to like explain it away. We don't get to just ignore it. That's, that's the whole totality of the Bible. So that's what happens if we were to die today. Okay? But, but, eventually, this same truth holds. All people that have put their faith and try, trust in Christ will be resurrected. Amen? Okay. So that's, that's, that's where we begin. So that's truth. One day, this is the Martha view, one day we will all be resurrected. Okay? Which is, which is great. All right? But, but then there's, there's this, and this is where it gets interesting. Uh, second point, guys, is that in a very real sense, everyone who trusts in Jesus is already resurrected with them, right? This is not the one-day approach, this is the two-day approach. In, in a very real sense, everyone who trusts in Jesus is already resurrected with him. 
is already resurrected with kind of the second half of the conversation that Martha has with Jesus when he's like, hello, I am the resurrection. It's not the one day, it's a two day. And so uh, I, I've got a primary passage that I, I want to share with you. And some of you go, Maybe, Pastor, you're freaking me out. I don't understand what you're talking about. But what I'm talking about is, is the way that the kingdom of God works. Right? The kingdom of God is an already not yet kingdom. That's how the kingdom of God works. Uh, we, we call that in you know, churchy uh, technical terms, it, it, we call it inaugurated eschatology, uh, meaning that the end comes in, in, in phases. So when Jesus came, he inaugurated the kingdom. He says, the kingdom is here. The kingdom is with you. But then he also says, hey, the kingdom is still coming, right? I'm going to come back, and, and the kingdom will be ultimately fulfilled. So, so it's been inaugurated, but ultimately it's going to be fulfilled when Jesus comes back. And so we live in the church age, which is in the midst of this, right? So the kingdom has been inaugurated, hasn't been completely fulfilled. And, and so when we say, when we talk about the resurrection, that, that same is true about the resurrection, right? We will be ultimately resurrected Get the bodies, cloaking mechanism, please, Jesus. Um, we're going to have all these cool things. Like, that's going to happen. But, but there's also a very real effect today of resurrection that we get to sense. And, and so that's what I want to talk to you about. And so the main text uh, I, I want to point out to you this morning is from Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. I had a former pastor, every time he did baptism, he read this verse. So uh, Romans chapter 6, starting in verse 3. It says, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we've been united with him in death, in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin for one who has died has been freed from sin. Now, I know what you're thinking. You said, Pastor, I, I heard you read that. That's talking about future events, right? It says we shall certainly be united with him in the future. You are correct, right? You're, you're correct. But this is why the totality of Scripture is so important. Um, because if, if we study, the, the person that wrote this, of course, is the Apostle Paul. And, and when we systematically study what the Apostle Paul believed about the resurrection, some things come to light. So yes, there's this future sense of resurrection because the kingdom it, like, is, is, is here, but it's not yet completely fulfilled. So he is speaking of a future sense. But listen to how he talks about resurrection in a couple other places. Ephesians chapter 2, uh, in verse 6, he says, He also raised us up with him. And seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus. That's an activity that's already been done. Uh, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, Listen, we were dead in our sins and transgressions, in which we used to live when we followed the ways of the world. But when we came to know Jesus, we were brought to life. We were raised up. That's about resurrection. And we were also seated with him. Imputed to us at the, day, at the moment of our salvation was the righteousness of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus. We, we get seated with Jesus. Like All of those things happen when we were saved. Now they'll have an ultimate fulfillment, but they're already ours. They're already ours. He says something similar in Colossians 2.12. He says, When you were buried with Him in baptism, in which you were also raised with Him through faith in the working of God who raised Him from the dead. So Paul's saying, listen, this is a fact, guys. It's a fact. It has already happened. You have been raised with Jesus Christ. Amen? That's awesome. That's awesome. We have been resurrected, uh, which is really Really cool. So, uh, so that's Im important uh, to us. That's important to us. I, I think that's what Paul's getting at 
in 2 Corinthians 5.17, that, that, that famous passage where he talks about uh, being a new creation. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away and, and the new has, has come. That, that word he uses there, new, it's the same word that, that is, he uses when he talks about walking in newness of life. It's the root word for that word. Uh, and, and so it's the same thing. And he says the oldest past, which is interesting to me, and, and I feel like we just have to talk about for a second, because again, uh, this, this, this passage creates problems for us as believers in Jesus, doesn't it? Because we go, wait a second, the oldest past, why do I still struggle with sin? Uh, so like, the old is gone and the new has come. How come I experience so much old? Amen? Anybody else? Uh, and so it's an interesting word because it can mean passed away, but you know what else it means? A lot of times in Scripture, it just means passed over. The old has been passed over uh, with newness. There's a new covenant. The old covenant's been passed over, right? I think about the, the, the death has been passed over, right? The penalty for my sin has been passed over. Now I'm a new creation, and the old doesn't count against me anymore. But the problem is when we receive Jesus, the old flesh doesn't die or we'd be gone, right? We just spirit. So this flesh suit hangs out for a little while. And the problem with the flesh suit, the flesh that we live and walk in, the old nature, is that it's kind of a beachhead on which the enemy gets to go as far out onto the beach as he can and launch attacks, right? And launch attacks. And, and, and to worsen it, the problem is sometimes when we don't realize the newness that we have, we actually choose to expand upon that old nature. We go, you know what, if we could take the beach out a few more feet... And, and we give him more and more areas to attack us and to consume us. And so uh, this morning, I just want to talk to you about the implications of this truth. If we are really resurrected, one day we'll be, but, but if, if, if it's already been imputed to us, what does that mean for us? And I think there's a few things uh, this understanding of our resurrection uh, implies. And so just very quickly, number, first and foremost, I, I think it means that we have to trust Jesus today. We have to trust Jesus today about resurrection, sometimes we kind of try to claim that like it's only for Christians. Everyone will be resurrected. Everyone. Right? And so those that know Jesus, to be with Jesus and dwell with Jesus, those that have not trusted Jesus for eternal, like, lake of fire stuff, not good. Not good. So what does that mean? Well, for me, it just means, like, let's, let's do this today. Like, what, what are we waiting on? Let's, let's not wait for the someday. Well, someday I'll, I'll do this or I'll, I'll change my... Like, make today... You're someday, today. Lord Jesus, I, I, I'm a wreck, I'm a mess. I, I'm a little kind of cautious of this whole uh, you know, Christian thing. I don't know what that looks like, but, but I, I do believe you're the son of God, that you died on the cross, and I know that I'm a sinner. So, so man, if you'll forgive me, would you come into my life and just kind of do what you want to do? And God will honor that prayer today, today. And so I, I would encourage you. Second, uh, I think this understanding challenges us to walk in the newness of life that we've been provided through our resurrection with Christ. Right? We have been resurrected with Christ. It, it's happened. It's a fact. You've got to write it down somewhere. I am resurrected. So walk like it. Act like it. Remember the whole story of Lazarus? What does Jesus have to say to the crowd? Take off the grave clothes. Get that junk off his face. Get, get, get his feet and his legs unwrapped. Let him go is what Jesus says because that's what we're all called to do. Friends, we can't go and make disciples. We can't go and make a difference if we're still wrapped up in all the old ways of life. We have to choose to walk in newness of life. Galatians 5 uh, teaches us what that looks like. It, it tells us what all the old ways of life looks like. And it says, so, so instead, right, 
Walk in the Spirit. And, and the fruit of the Spirit is, is love and peace and patience and gentleness and kindness and faithfulness and self-control. It says, walk in these ways, not in these. It's a, it's a decision that we make every day. Every single day. Make that decision. Lastly, uh, this text for me challenges me to make sure that I'm feeding the Spirit and I'm guarding the flesh. I'm feeding the Spirit and I'm guarding the flesh. And you say, what on earth are you talking about? I'm talking about the flesh passed over thing, right? Unfortunately, my flesh isn't dead yet. Maybe you think that yours is. Mine is not. And the enemy has proven that to me time and time and time and time. Can we keep going here? And time and time again. Uh, over and over, I just, oh yeah, I'm good. I'm fine. You know, I, I stop worrying about, about guarding the flesh and then Wham! It's like, oh my gosh, where did you come from? I was here the whole time. That's what the enemy tells me. I was here the whole time. Never left. So, so what do you do? I, I've shared this with you guys, right? We don't misunderstand 2 Corinthians 5.17. I'm a new creation, right? Well, the, the, the flesh has been passed over. I'm now a spiritual being, but I still have flesh, right? This is what Paul talks about is that struggle. So what do I need to do? I need to make sure I'm feeding my spirit on a constant basis. I need to be in the Word. We've got a church-wide Bible reading plan. If you haven't joined it, jump in. We're in Ecclesiastes. The chapters are short. You can jump in on, on the chapter we're on. I'll tell you where it is up to this point. Everything's meaningless to this point. So just jump in with whatever chapter we're on because it's going to be meaningless too until you get to the end. So jump in with us. Ecclesiastes. Just start reading the Word every day. Make sure that you're coming to church on a regular basis. Listen to worship music. I mean, I mean, interact with God. Pray. These things. You're feeding your spirit, man. And so you've got to feed your spirit. But you also have to guard your flesh. And so uh, I heard it like this once. is uh, You can imagine that there's a litter of puppies. And there were two bulldogs that came out of the same litter. And both strong. And, uh, and if you've ever seen puppies go at it, man, my dogs constantly. You think they hate each other. And then they start licking each other's mouth, which is weird and gross. And, uh, but uh, affectionate, evidently. And, and so if you could imagine two bulldogs that are going at it. And, and, and one's yellow and one's red. And, uh, and, and you know that kind of auburnish pretty kind of orangey red dog like and, and like they're kind of going at it right uh, and, and imagine that that I started all of a sudden um, feeding one of those dogs and not feeding the other right so so initially those dogs were equally matched and one would pin the other and then the other would pin the other and, and it was this kind of equal fight but imagine that if, if I if, if I if I started feeding one less and I fed the other the other would go grow stronger and stronger and stronger and suddenly it would be no match and friends that's the way that it should be with our faith because we should be feeding the spirit unfortunately too often in our world we do the opposite and we wonder why we're failing spiritually and why we're producing fruit and so you have to guard that flesh closely. There's a passage in the Bible that some people think is just for pastors, but the truth is we're all ministers, right? It says that we are to guard our life and our doctrine closely. It means that we are constantly on the lookout for that old flesh nature going, hey, I, I can't lower my guard because people are watching me and my life matters. My marriage matters. How I respond matters. We've got to live with that kind of purpose. Does that make sense? Why? Because we ain't dead. Because <laughs> we've been made new so we can live new. So I challenge you this week, let's do that. Amen? All right, let me pray for us. And then we've got a couple quick announcements, and we will let you go. And when I say let you go, 
we're not going to kick you out necessarily. If you would like to stay and hang out and have some discussion with us, we would love to do that outside. We've got chairs set up. I don't know what the temperature is, but this morning it was awesome. So uh, hang out. Let's talk about Jesus a little bit. We'd love to do that with you. Uh, you don't have to wear a mask out there. You can if, if you feel more comfortable that way, but there's open air. It's going to be okay. So we'd love for you to hang out, and, and uh, we've got some discussion questions for you in your sermon notes. You can do that. That's kind of in place for Sunday school, those kind of things right now. So let me pray for us. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your word, which is true. God, help us to walk in the newness of life you've provided. Help us to remember that resurrection is not just a one-day thing, but it is a two-day thing. God, we love you. We love you. We love you. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.